0: So we want to welcome you all this morning in the name of Jesus. We're in the middle of a series. We're talking about the importance of remembrance. And we've been learning a number of very important lessons. In our first lesson, we used First Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 to 6 as our foundation text, where Paul is writing to his spiritual son, Timothy, and he says that Timothy should remember certain things. Number one, he should remember the wealth or the heritage of faith that is in his family. And Paul points out that that faith started with his grandmother, Louise, and the mother, Eunice, and that same faith is in Timothy. And then he says also that Timothy should remember that there were certain gifts that were imparted to him when hands were laid on him. And he says, I remind you to stir up those gifts and put them into operation. We noted that that word remember there has the sense of like pressing a rewind button in our minds where we replay things that God has done in our lives. And we should be intentional about it where we remember the past, how God delivered us, how God healed us, how god rescued us how god protected us in times of need and time and time again we should remember and you do uh, you will also notice that that first sunday we went through our journey through this covid pandemic and how god has been so good to take us through doesn't mean we don't have scars doesn't mean we don't have painful memories It doesn't mean we escaped without being harmed. But even with all of that, we are thankful to God for his grace and mercy. Amen. Amen. In our second lesson, we noted and remembered and uh, learned that remembering is something that we can learn to do through choice. And especially, as we said, remembering the works of God and the good things that God has done. And we looked at seven keys that will help us remember. Last week, Sunday... We spoke under the subtitle, When God Remembers You. And so today I want to continue along the same theme with a different subtitle. And the question I'm asking today is, who does God remember? And we want to look at that uh, briefly. Who does God remember? So I'm going to dive straight in. Number one, God remembers those who stand for him in their generation. When we stand for God... In our generation, God will remember us. Genesis chapter 6, we read from verse 5 from the NIV Bible. It's talking about Noah. And then I'm going to read all the way into chapter 7 and chapter 8, but I'll just read specific verses. It reads as follows. And the Lord saw how great man's wickedness was on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. The Lord was grieved that he had made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I've created from the face of the earth, men and animals and creatures that move along the ground and the bears of the air, for I am grieved that I have made them. Now note verse 8. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Then verse 9 gives us more details. It says this is the account of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked with God. Certainly doesn't mean that Noah didn't have problems, mistakes, and all of that. But I believe if we seek to follow God to the best that we can, God will remember us. And note, Noah lived at a time when, as the Bible tells us, the people of that generation had chosen to do all kinds of things, break the laws of God, live the way they wanted, go whichever way they wanted. But Noah made a conscious decision that he is going to walk before God as a righteous man and as the scripture says, as a blameless man and he walked with God. Never ever imagine that God will sort of not look kindly towards you when you do your best to live for him. Now we know, we can't buy God's favor, we can't buy God's grace, We can't force God to do whatever he wants to do, but we have the precedence of scripture to show that when we do our best to live for God, God will remember us. In chapter 7, it shows us how the floods came on the waters, uh, on the earth rather, and the earth was flooded for 150 days. Chapter 8, verse 1, it says, but God remembered Noah. God remembered Noah. So, Whilst Noah's generation did what was evil in the sight of God, Noah lived for God. In other words, God will remember you easily when you live for him. We won't have to beg him. We don't have to struggle to be remembered. A man and a woman, God, as you stand for God in your generation, God will remember you. When we stand for God, when everything is fine, the time things are in crisis, God will remember you. Now, that doesn't mean that in spite of us living for God, we will not momentarily have times of challenge and different seasons where we get attacked. There are times when we live for God and things don't work out. Everything goes south. You get attacked left, right, and center where you yourself don't understand what went wrong. I think a good example is that of Job. Job lived for God. He did what he could to live for God. He even had... The testimony from God where God said, Job is a blameless man. He is living perfect and upright. Now, you and I who read the story of Job today, we have the advantage of knowing the story behind the story. You know, we we have the advantage of knowing what went on behind the scenes. But when you read the book of Job, you know that from nowhere, all of a sudden, Job started losing everything. I mean, he lost his flock. He lost uh, his children, and then he lost his wealth. and And I don't know if if you could try and imagine what God, what Job was was feeling like, because here he is, he's living for God, and all of a sudden, everything just starts uh, 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 being lost in his life. He's losing his health. He's lost his children. He's lost his flock. He doesn't know what's going on. In spite of living for God, he cannot understand what's going on. But the good thing about Job is that he continued living for God in spite of the trouble around him. Can I hear an amen? amen? Even to the point where his friends came to him and they said, this thing of yours is not working. You know, you are just praying to God for Mahala. This is not working at all. Just kiss God and die once and just forget about this Jesus thing and, and forget about this God thing. But Job, in spite of that, continued serving God, even if he didn't understand. And I like Job chapter 42. If you can open that with me, please. Verse 10, and I'm reading for you in the New Living Translation. It says, when Job prayed for his friends, The Lord restored his fortunes. (laughs) I love this one. It says, in fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. Then all his brothers, sisters, and former friends came and feasted with him in his home, and they consoled him and comforted him because all of the trials the Lord had brought him against, and each of them brought him a gift of money and a gold ring. Now note verse 12. So the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life. Everybody say second half. Now those of you who are soccer players, you know what we mean by second half. eh? Yeah, you know, your, your team might lose first half, but the second half is around the corner. See, Abu, The Bible says, and the Lord blessed Job in the second half of his life, even more than in the beginning. See, even if you don't understand what you're going through now, it looks like God is not coming through for you. But I'm here to tell you, second half is on the way. And in the second half, God does more for Job than what he had in his first half. Let's read. He says, he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 10,000 teams of oxen, 1,000 female donkeys. He also gave Job seven more sons, three more daughters. Verse 11, in all the land, no women were as lovely as the daughters of Job. So the blessing not only falls on him, it falls on his family. It falls on his daughters because of the second half. Somebody say second half. Note what it says. And their father put them into his will along with their brothers. Verse 16, Job lived 140 years after that. Not only was his health restored, his wealth restored, his family restored, God gave him good life. It says, living to see four generations of his children and grandchildren. Oh, hallelujah. When God remembers you, you can imagine. How he felt when things were not working well. He must have thought, why must I continue praying? Why must I continue living for God? Why don't I just join everybody? But you see, the second round was always around the corner. And verse 17 says, and then he died an old man who lived a long, full life.
1: In other words, it
0: wasn't just in the quantity of years, but in the quality of years that he lived. The New King James Bible says, so Job died old and full of days. You know those old people, they are old, but rather are full of days. You know, they have a spark in their eye. They have a spring in their step. I mean, I tell you, these are the people who are full of days. And God gives them a good quality of life. Full of days. Because God remembered him. And so God remembers people who live for him. When you're living for God and you're doing your best to obey God, You're not wasting time. Yes, you will go through periods where things are not working in your life. You'll go through times when you pray, your prayers are not answered. Where you do what the Bible says and you don't see the outcome of that. Ours is not to stop in living for God. Ours is to continue living for God because second half is around the corner. Number two, God remembers people who are his covenant partners that is those who walk in covenant with God, God remembers them in times of crisis. Now, by covenant, I'm talking about God's word, but I'm also talking about in your own spiritual disciplines. As you've prayed to God and God has spoken to you and you've made certain commitments and certain promises to God, keep those commitments, keep that covenant. Make sure you become faithful to that. God always remembers people who walk in covenant with him. Psalms 105 verse 8, it says, And he remembers his covenant forever. The word he, con- he commanded for a thousand generations. God remembers his covenant. Now note verse uh, Psalms 106 verse 40. It says, Therefore the Lord was angry with his people and abhorred his inheritance. He handed them over to the nations and their foes ruled over them. Their enemies oppressed them, subjected them to their power. Many times he delivered them, but they were bent on rebellion, and they wasted away in their sin. But he took note of their distress when he heard their cry, note verse 45, for their sake he remembered his covenant. Now we said this last week, if there is one thing that God cannot do is to turn his back on his covenant. When God has promised, he will always keep his covenant. So God always remembers His covenant. People who have walked in covenant with God in times of crisis, God will remember that covenant. So make sure whatever covenant there is, either it's God's word or whatever it is that God's spoken to you and you have committed to it, remember that God is not going to forget you when you remember His covenant. Number three, I like this one. God remembers the loved ones of his covenant partners. Not only does God remember you, God will remember your loved ones. God remembers those who are related to you because of the covenant that you kept. Now, I'm going to read Genesis 19, but let's give you the picture of this before we go there. If you go back to Genesis 17, Genesis 18, we read a very, very interesting story. Here is Abraham at his home, and he gets a visit from God. When these three men came, and I don't know how Abraham knew, he knew it was God, right? And so he, he welcomes these three visitors, entertains them. And after all of that, God then tells Abraham what he is going to do. If you go back a little bit, you'll know that Abraham had lived with his nephew Lot. They had been in one home, Lot had stayed with Abraham and God had blessed them so much that their flock had multiplied. So much did the flock multiply that they couldn't be able to be sustained in the piece of land where they were. So Abraham then one day said to Lord, you know what? Instead of you and I having to be in trouble with each other and our shepherds having to be fighting each other over grazing land, why don't you make a choice of where you want to go? Alright? Just look all over Choose any place where you want to go, and you go and live there. And the Bible tells us that Noah chose to go to Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, Sodom and Gomorrah, at the time, didn't have such a good reputation. All right? It wasn't a good place. It was a place called Amponi. It means Mama Amponi. All right? So, Lord chooses to go to Sodom and Gomorrah. He goes there. He's going to live there because at face value, it looked like a good land. And Lord makes that choice. He goes there. And invariably he gets to Sodom and Gomorrah and he really gets swallowed in the culture of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? He doesn't really do what's wrong, but really Lot is just, you know, he's just integrated into whatever is happening there. And so the Bible tells us that things went wrong in Sodom and Gomorrah. People were living it up, doing all kinds of things to an extent that the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah came before God. So God comes down to come and see if the place in Sodom and Gomorrah is as he has heard the cry. And so, before he goes there, he visits with Abraham. And after Abraham has entertained God, as God is about to leave, he says to Abraham, shall I hide from you what I am going to do? Seeing that you will command your family after you, will I hide from you? And, 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 and God reveals to Abraham, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Bible tells us that Abraham begins to intercede on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he says, God, you can't destroy that place if there's righteous people there. I think he had, he had his nephew in mind, Lord in mind. Maybe Lord, you know, he has influenced other people and maybe they're living for God. He said, God, if there's a hundred people in there, will you destroy the place? Even if there's 100 people there, God says, no, no, if I find 100 people, I will not destroy the place. And Abraham continues to, to, to talk to God and plead until he goes all the way down to 10 people, right? And he says, if there's 10 people, God will. And God says, no, if there's 10 people, I won't destroy, right? Then God then says to Abraham, I'm going to retain and make sure I look after Lot and I protect him. But when you count Lot and his family, And his children and grandchildren, they were not even 10, right? So even if Abraham had made a request that if there's 10, please spare the land, God so listened to Abraham that even when there were less than 10 people there, he still decided he's going to look after Lord. All because of Abraham. Now watch this, it's interesting. God remembered Abraham, but he delivered Lord. It wasn't Lot who asked. It wasn't Lot who made the prayer. It wasn't Lot who who made the intercessory prayer. It wasn't Lot who lived right. It wasn't Lot who did what was right. But God visits Lot on behalf of Abraham. So, you know, some of your family members who think that they are really smart, eh? They think they can get away with things and they see a blessing on their lives. I wish they could check that there is somebody somewhere in the family who's living for God and I am living off. The blessing that comes from their lives. Can I hear an amen in the house? And so, Lord was spared because of Abraham. So, it's worth noting that God remembered Abraham, but he delivered Lord, who was Abraham's nephew because of the covenant relationship that God had had with Abraham. Very interesting when you read in Exodus chapter 2, even with the children of Israel who were in slavery. Go with me to Exodus chapter 2, verse 23. It says, Years passed, and the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites continued to groan under the burden of slavery. They cried out for help, and their cry rose to God. Now, note verse 24 God had their groaning, and watch now, and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. Can I hear an amen? Amen. In chapter 6, verse 2, God speaks to Moses and says, I'm the Lord. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, as God Almighty, but by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. I have also established, note, my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan. Verse 5, I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel whom the Egyptians keep in bondage and I have remembered my covenant. So the children of Israel were released out of bondage not because of what they did but because of what their forefathers did. God remembered. So you're not wasting your time when you're walking in a covenant relationship with God. You're not wasting your time at all because your family lineage possibly will be able to benefit from what God has done in your life. Can I hear an amen? You know, I was telling them in the first service that, uh, you know, when I was reading this, it struck me in my mind uh, because, and I, and I was trying to check if the, 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 the show, yeah, America's Got Talent. I know it's not on. There's no fresh show. There's no new show. I don't know if there's one for 2022. Is there one now in 2022? We don't know because we... Is, is there one? All right, all right, all right. Now, now there's this guy. I want to see him one day. Simon Cowell. <laughs> uh, he made a comment on one of the shows. I don't know how recent that show was. I was watching it on YouTube. I happened to bump, bump into, onto that show. They had a, a team of uh, singers from, from South Korea. And, and these guys could sing. I mean, they were singing uh, this genre, R&B. You, you know what R B is, isn't yeah. it? It's like a hymn in church, R&B. So they were singing R&B, and, and they were very good singers. I mean, they, they, they sang. I mean, if you listen to them, you will think it's boys to men, you know, the way they sing, the harmony. And so now, no, my pastor, I'm not supposed to talk about boys to men. I'm supposed to talk about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So, you know, so, I know, I know, but... Uh, and, uh, but what caught my attention was the comment that Simon Cowell made. He said, uh, he said you know, the guys had done well. They, I think they got a golden buzzer, if I remember well. But then he said, what is it about South Korea where there are so many talented people who come from there? You know, that statement just caught my attention. And then I remembered, because fortunately, fortunately, I happened to know Dr. Cho, David Yonggi Cho, and as you know, traveled a lot to South Korea and have engaged a lot with many of the people there, and one of the things they talk about, most of them, is how in the 60s, the churches began to rise, and the people there started to pray and seek the face of God because almost 60 years ago, Korea was a very poverty-stricken place, extremely poverty-stricken. I mean, things were very, very bad, particularly South Korea in particular. that the one I'm talking about. And, uh, of course, with many other interventions, but at the core of it all, you see the role that has been played by many of the church leaders there. The prayer meetings that are there, the churches that are there. You go to South Korea, there's large ministries all over the place. And the generation that dates back in the 60s, you see how they followed God. If you talk to them, they'll tell you what has happened. And now... You go to South Korea and you see what a first world country it is. And I mean, the products that come from there, we buy them all over the world. And we buy the cars there. We buy products that come from there. And it's a first world place. And, 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 and I thought about it. The statement of Simon Cowell. What, what is it about this place that there are so many talented people? And I'll tell you why. Because God remembers the people who have lived for him. See... In our country right now, with all the challenges that are surrounding us, we should never in any way turn our backs on God. We should continue living for God. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, doing what's right, living for God, preaching the gospel, building churches, reaching people with the gospel, doing community work. Because if things don't change in our lifetime, there's a second half that is coming somewhere, and God will be able to bring a blessing. And sometimes it's unfortunate in families that, you know, the, the, the children who follow, they never get to see that, you know, the reason I'm so blessed is because of what my parents have done. Yeah, it's because they live for God. God will always remember, not only you, but he will remember the family members of those who are serving him. So you continue serving God. You continue doing what's right and see God stretch his hand towards your family members. Can I hear a good Amen. amen. Number four, God remembers those who sacrifice for the cause of the needy. We talked about this last week. Matthew ten forty two: if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones because he's my disciples, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. In Acts chapter 10, we read about Cornelius a centurion. The Bible tells us that he was a devout man, Verse 2, it says he generously gave to those in need and he prayed to God regularly. When the angel appeared to him in verse 4, the angel said, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. He was remembered because of his good works towards the poor people. Now, good works will not take us to heaven, all right? We know we are saved by the grace of God. But but, the, but by the fact that we are saved and we are God's people, we need to do good works. And God remembered Cornelius because of that. We read in Proverbs 19:17, if you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 says God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Jesus says in Matthew 5:14, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Now note verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father which is in heaven. God will remember you when you sacrifice for the cause of the needy. You know, God doesn't want us to turn a blind eye to needy people. God doesn't want us to lock ourselves in our church buildings and say to them, God bless you. God wants us to be physically involved. Our good deeds need to be seen. Of course, we don't parade our good deeds. We don't try and tell everybody, come look at what we're doing. But... We do preach the gospel nevertheless through our good deeds. Sometimes the gospel is best preached through good works. The gospel is best presented to people through the acts of the Christians than us just uh, quoting the Bible to people. And so God always remembers the good deeds of people. And so God will remember you. Just make up your mind if you have someone in your neighborhood who is needy. You know, just go and be kind to them. Show kindness to them. Take care of them. Because remember, the sun is going to shine on them one day, by the way. Oh, yeah. And God will always remember you because of that. Number five. Number five. God remembers those who persist in prayer in the face of reproach. When you persist in prayer in the face of reproach. There are times when it really may feel like, you're praying and you're just wasting your time. And sometimes people may mock you and scoff you. I mean, during lockdown, it was very interesting to hear people's comments. You know? And there are people who actually walked away from serving God because it looked like during lockdown, God was nowhere. It looked like our prayers are not working. It looks like God's not hearing. It's like the heavens are brass and God's not listening. And you can get into a lot of persecution, people criticizing you, or you may be coming from a family where you are doing your best to live for God, but they're not very kind towards you. You know, sometimes people don't say very nice things when you are doing that. You know, it's even more challenging when you are young in the family, you know, and, and, and you find your elder sister, your elder brother, sometimes even your parents, and they say all kinds of things to you. You should persist in prayer. You shouldn't stop praying even in the face of reproach. The story of Rachel is an interesting story. Jacob's wife, Rachel, for a long time, she couldn't conceive. And for a long time, they said all kinds of things to her and about her. But this woman continued in prayer in the face of the reproach. In the face of what was happening, she continued in prayer. And Genesis chapter 30, verse 22 says, Then God remembered Rachel and listened to her and opened her womb and she conceived and bore a son and said God has taken away my reproach so she called his name Joseph and said the Lord shall add to me another son
1: now notice this, this is interesting
0: after years of reproach suffering, being humiliated all kinds of things being said to her she held on to her prayer note this And when God finally remembered her, not only does God give her just an ordinary son, God gives her a son by the name of Joseph. Those of you who remember who Joseph was, Joseph was this guy who was gifted in gifts of being able to interpret dreams and and see visions. And and Joseph was given this vision by God of how he's going to rule and lead his family. And, And Joseph, finally, he ends up in slavery, but God delivers him and he ends up serving in the king's palace and serving among the the, the king and all the people in the palace. And finally, the entire nation of Israel was saved because of Joseph. God didn't just give Rachel just an ordinary son. He gives him a son who is almost worth more than 10 sons. Because when God remembers you in prayer, and remembers your reproach. Some of you, you may feel like your day hasn't come. But let me tell you, Joseph is on the way because God always remembers people. See, when we pray, it may seem like we're wasting time. And, and sometimes people feel like, no, you know, I, don't, I shouldn't be praying anymore. God's not coming through. Look, look at what people have done. You know, I remember very, very much, you know, during the lockdown when we were leading the prayers online. You know, you know some of the mornings, it's, it's almost... Difficult to even focus because just the day before, eh, you had about eight or ten people that you know personally who have passed on. You know, phone call after phone call. Sometimes you wake up in the morning, you look at your text messages, and you get another story. And so you get into prayer, you don't even know what to say. You don't even have words to say. Listen, it doesn't matter even if you don't have words to say. God will remember you. And don't ever stop praying because you find yourself in a situation that's difficult. God always remembers. You remember Hannah? Hannah who was so distraught that she comes into the temple and she prays. And the Bible tells us she was so grief-stricken. She was so burdened that when she prayed, only her lips moved. No words came out. Have you ever been in that place where you have so much pain in your heart? That even when you come into the presence of God, it's only your lips that move. And you don't even know what to say. You don't know where to start with prayer. You don't know what to say to God. But let me tell you, even if you don't know what to say to God, God can see your heart. And God is a God who will always reward you. And God is a good God. And the Bible tells us with Hannah. Hannah, God remembered her. It tells us in, if you want to read it, it's First Samuel chapter 1. If you go with me. Uh, in verse 19. Early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then they went back to their home in Ramah. Elkanah lay with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And a note, Hannah didn't just get a regular child, he gets a child by the name of Samuel. A man who is going to be a leader in the nation of Israel. A man who's going to walk in the office of a prophet. I don't know what is it about God. That somehow when we come from a period of pain and reproach and a period where things were difficult, whatever he gives to us is far more than whatever we can imagine. It's almost like God says, I'm going to wipe away your tears and all the years of pain, I'm going to remove them through this one act. But the key is for us that in times like that, we continue praying. We continue believing God. When God remembers you, all your barrenness, and I'm using that figuratively, will give way to fruitfulness. Because God makes the sun to rise again. I tell you, the sun will rise again. A new day will come again. A second half will come again. God makes you to be fruitful. Because a womb, figuratively, is a place of formation. Where God forms vision and mission. Where God forms a new day. Where God gives you a new business. God gives you something new in your life. And a child is birthed out of that. God is able to turn things around when you have been through the time of reproach. And so if you are going through that time of reproach right now, and you know all kinds of things have been said to you and about you, don't take your focus away from God. Because God is able to bring you through. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Number six, God remembers those who possess the shout of praise in the midst of war. Yeah. When you are going through war, trouble, challenge, you don't let your praise be silenced. God will remember you. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, children of Israel were going through a very difficult time. They were being attacked left, right, and center. They were being attacked by the, the Ammonites, the Moabites, They had all kinds of people attacking them. They didn't have a large army. They didn't have a big army. They didn't have enough resources as a small nation. They didn't know what to do. So here they are being attacked left, right, and center. But we thank God for Jehoshaphat, whom the Bible says he stood up. And this is what he says in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 20. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekua, And as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah, and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord, your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Verse 22, as they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. See, what what Satan likes to do is that when trouble comes all around us, he wants us to stop worshiping God, stop praising God, stop praying. Stop doing what is right. But Numbers chapter 10, verse 9 says, When you go into battle in your own land against an enemy who is oppressing you, sound a blast on the trumpets. Then you will be remembered by the Lord your God and rescued from your enemies. Somebody says, said, you know, when, when things are very hard, that's the day I'm going to shout the loudest in church. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to worship you. You know, it takes a lot of discipline to praise God when things are not working out. Yeah, it takes a lot of effort. This is a time when we give God what we call a sacrifice of praise. In other words, it's not a praise based on emotions. It's a praise based on me knowing that God is bigger than the problem. Can I hear an amen? amen. And God will remember you. God loves those people who will praise him in spite of what's going on all around them. Because it's easy to praise when everything is going on well. It's easy to lift up your hands and thank God when everything is going on well. It's another thing to lift up and thank God when you have tears in your eyes, when you have a lump in your throat. It's it's difficult to praise God when you're going through a difficult time. I think Paul and Silas are a great example for us. In Acts chapter 16, It says there from verse 16, it happened as Paul and Silas went for prayer. They prayed for a a certain young woman with a spirit of divination. And when the evil spirit was taken out of her, the rulers of the time were very annoyed and they were not happy with Paul and Silas and they took them and they threw them, dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. They brought them before the magistrate and they accused them. And the magistrate rose up against them, tore his throats, commanded them to be beaten with rods. So they were beaten with rods. They put many stripes on them. They threw them into prison and they took a jailer and commanded him, look after this men. make sure they don't escape. But I like what the Bible says. It says, but at midnight, <laughs> at midnight, Paul and Silas, Sang praises to God. And just to make sure it wasn't a silent praise, the Bible says, and the prisoners hate them. Yeah. And when they sang praises to God, God sent a miraculous deliverance to deliver them out of prison. Now we know, in the case of Paul and Silas, the midnight is talking about is an actual midnight time of day. But you know, that word midnight is a loaded statement. Because remember, Paul and Silas could have praised God at any other time. Why at midnight? Because that word midnight, it's important. We know in medical science that there's a lot more people who die at night. And even at midnight, than it happens during the day. Midnight, it's a time of death. It's a time when the spirit of death is hovering. We know that. You know if you've ever been sick you know, you know that sometimes at night that's when Yeah The condition is worse During the day everything is alright But hey man at midnight hey, it's, it's really bad It's at midnight We are told that That's the darkest hour of the day Paul and Silas At the darkest hour of the day Where the pain is at its peak Paul and Silas at a time when the spirit of death is hovering around, that's the time they choose to sing praises to God. And not just a silent praise, but a loud praise so that the prisoners can hear what they're saying. But also they knew that midnight, just a few seconds from that is the break of a new day. They know that just a few seconds from there is the beginning of a new day. And a new day is ushered in through praise and worship and singing praises to God. No matter what happened yesterday, there's a new day that's coming because of the praise and the worship. And when the new day came, and when the new season came, God sent a deliverance. Because Paul and Silas were praising and singing praises to God. Oh yeah. So when you're going through a hard time, sing praises to God in the midst of your trouble. Sing praises to God at midnight because the daybreak is coming and God's going to turn things around. God remembers those people who will worship him in spite of what is going on around them. God remembers us when we worship him in the face of trouble, in the face of despair, in the face of difficulty, in the face of pain. God remembers. When we worship him, even when we don't feel like doing it, he remembers. He remembers. And in conclusion, God remembers those who are humble enough to subscribe to his mercy. God remembers. God remembers. Psalms 136 verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Verse 23 says, To the one who remembered us, In our low estate, his love endures forever. God remembers us. In our low estate, in our humble beginnings, God remembers us. Oh yeah. God remembers us. The Message Bible says, God remembered us when we were down. His love never quits. In the Amplified Bible, it says, to him who earnestly remembered us, in our low estate and imprinted us on his heart for his mercy and his loving kindness endures forever. You know, sometimes when you are in difficult circumstances and in humble surroundings, so much can be done to you that's hurtful and painful. Sometimes you may feel like, will I ever come out of this? But God remembers God remembers. God remembers. You will not always be in the condition in which you are. God will remember you. Oh, yeah. You continue serving him. You continue loving him. God will remember you.
1: You know, after the first
0: service, as I went to the back, and I was just thinking, just the lowly beginnings at Isaacson Higher Primary School, when the church started, 37 people in a classroom. No sound system. No choir. No anything. 37 people. And from then we moved to Church of the Holy Ghost. And then after that we moved to Lengiwe. At Lengiwe we were using six classrooms that had been burnt down. I mean there was, there were, yeah it was a very horrible place. Actually the stage, for the stage what we had was uh, you know, the dustbins, the, 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 the steel dustbins that we had inverted, put upside down, and we put corrugated iron on top of those dustbins. When you stood on the stage, the stage moved. Not because you were Paul and Silas. It wasn't because you were Paul and Silas. It was just because the stage was so unstable. Now remember, we were preaching from there. Humble beginnings. Preaching from there preaching from there. And then we went to Homemakers. Remember Homemakers? Just a roof over our heads. No walls. At Homemakers, we didn't say come through the door. We just said, just come in. (laughs) Because every place was a door. (laughs) And as I was preaching, you would see people passing. Some of them talking about me. This guy is always talking there, you know. Ah, but God remembers. God remembers. God remembers. Yeah. Yeah. Same for you. Come from a family that's poverty stricken. People make, make fun of you. But there's a God in heaven who knows you by name. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You may be working a job where, where you're working people don't even know your name. I, I, I once worked a job like that the lowest job in the company. Yeah. Where Even when they talk to you, they never address you by your name. They just talk to you. In fact, they don't talk to you. They give you instructions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just guard your heart. Don't be bitter. God will remember you. Oh, yeah. Ah, God will remember you. I said God God will remember you. God will remember you. God will remember you. God will remember you. And as I've said, Baselana, over the years, as I've looked at people as, as they've come to church and single women raising their kids single-handedly, a father who's left, abandoned their children, and this woman has to struggle for survival. Work this side. I remember the one lady raising four children, four boys, You know, boys are not easy at all. all. Four boys, single-handedly. I remember after almost every month or almost every service, after she would come with the four boys, you know, and they were all almost, you know, one one year apart. The man was busy, then he leaves after being busy. (laughs) The Lord bless him. And I talk and I, you know, and I try to encourage these young men, talk to them and whatever. Because, you know, in a church, they look up to you as a father figure, you know. And I remember the one day I, I really choked and I was, I was so emotional. The young, the firstborn had grown up. I think the young man was in his twenties now. And he's got spotting a beard, you know. In a deep voice. Oh. <laughs> so they come over and I see this guy is working. I ask him, he says, No, I'm working. And, you know, I'm working such and such. And the, the other one was in university. And this guy is also helping his siblings. And, and, and the mother, God has wiped away her tears. Eh? Oh, God remembers. Eh? God remembers. And I remember walking away from that and thinking, these, these boys should thank their mother. A woman who decided to continue worshipping God through thick and thin. She didn't get discouraged. She really went through a very rough road. We tried to help as best as we could. But you know, sometimes you can only help so much. But it was her faith and her confidence in God that God remembered her. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know what it is that you're struggling with. I don't know where you are in your life today. But all I can tell you is what God's word says. God will remember you. Because that's the kind of God he is. God will remember you. And when God remembers you, remember to give him all the praise and the glory that he deserves. Because he's a good God. Would you bow your heads please with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we want to thank you for being a good God who remembers us. We honor you and bless your holy and your majestic name. As we come before you today, we want to thank you that you always keep your covenant. You keep your word. We give you praise. Do you want to just take time to pray everybody for a while? Just thank God for his grace. All over the place, just thank him for his grace. Bless your name, O Lord. Bless your name, Jesus. Just thank him. Thank him, thank him, thank him. Father, I pray you'll comfort those who are going through difficulties right now. The name of the Lord Jesus. Those who are caught in the midst of a storm. Who are in the middle of a crisis. Those to whom like the daybreak will never come. And they are caught in midnight. And it looks like things will never change. Continue praying for a while. God always lifts us up. Regardless of what we go through. God always looks in our way. looks in our direction is a good God. Just bow your hands and close your eyes. I want to pray for you today. There may be people in this place who as yet you haven't received Christ as Savior and Lord of your life. Maybe you go to church and you love going to church. You do all kinds of good things but truly if you are to tell the truth you know that your life has not been given to Christ as yet. You're not changed. You're not born again. You're not transformed by the power of God. You may have tried to do it. You may have done it and gone back. You may have lived for God for a while and went back. But as you've been listening to God's word, you realize that God's grace and God's mercy is the one that is able to keep and sustain us. I want to pray for you today. If you want to make a commitment to Christ, wherever you're standing and you want us to pray for you, you want me to pray for you. I want to pray for you right where you are. You need prayer. Just raise your hand right where you are. I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand. Say, oh, please pray for me. I want to invite Christ in my life. a Savior and Lord of my life. That's right. All over the place. That's right. Keep the hand raised. God is a good God. And He changes lives. I'm giving you this opportunity because this is what happens. This is what we do here in church. We give people that opportunity to have an encounter with Christ, nothing you need to be ashamed of something that you can do to the glory and to the honor of God may I ask the people who raise their hands would you please just come from where you are standing and just make your way to the front take all your belongings and just come and stand right here I want to pray with you as we give you a hand, just walk from where you are just walk to the front that's right come let's pray together that's right come young man, God bless you come young lady Bless the Lord. You can put your hand down, my girl. You can put your hand down. Just come stand right here. Give them a big hand, Barcelona is the walk.